Well, good morning. Welcome to church on Christmas Eve. Amen. This is the fourth week in a special series of sermons that we've been looking at surrounding the, the text, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I consider this, this verse the most important Christmas prophecy in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The series itself is built around the theme, Jesus, the hope for a weary world. That's certainly an appropriate theme in light of the world in which we're living in today. Our world is swamped with bad news, political corruption, a massive divide between the right and the left in our country, anti-Semitism, moral madness, the threat of war in the Middle East and other flashpoints around the world. No wonder 51% of young Americans say they feel down, depressed, or hopeless, according to a recent poll. The question is, where can we find hope? Where can we find help in light of what's happening in our world today? Isaiah, the ancient Jewish prophet, received a revelation from God around 700 B.C., his message was given to the Jewish people in a heightened time of their own fear, anxiety, and hopelessness. His answer was clear and compelling. Messiah is coming. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The Bible says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince, of peace. Each of these four names reveals a, a certain trait about the coming Messiah. Now understand, it would be over 700 years before the Messiah would be born. Isn't it amazing that God would put predictive prophecy like that in his word, staking his own integrity on the truthfulness of his word on a prophecy that was given 700 years before it actually took place. That's why I believe the word of God to be truth without mixture of error. Because these kind of prophecies can be found throughout the Old Testament. And they are fulfilled time and time again in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So each of these four names here in verse 6 reveals a trait, a characteristic of the coming Messiah, but they also reveal corresponding blessings for those who believe in him and trust him as their savior and their Lord. I love what Raymond Ortland and Kent Hughes said in their commentary. They said, look at Jesus 
as the wonderful counselor, he has the best ideas and strategies. Let's follow him. Let's listen to him. Let's obey him. As the mighty God, he defeats his enemies easily. Let's hide behind him. As the eternal father, he loves us endlessly. Let's enjoy him and honor him with our lips and our lives. Today, we're going to focus on the last name in verse 6. We've already looked at wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father. Today, we look at the name Prince of Peace. Now, the word prince refers to an official, a leader, a commander, a captain, a chief, a ruler. That's what prince means in Hebrew. And the word peace refers to a sense of wholeness and well-being that comes from God and is dependent on God's presence. Peace is not the absence of pain or pressure or problems. It is confidence that God knows what he's doing and we can trust him. And it gives us a certain sense of just absolute comfort and confidence in him. Over 700 years after Isaiah wrote this prophecy under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Luke sp spoke to its fulfillment in his gospel account. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Luke shares about the, angel, the, the shepherds out in the field taking care of their sheep, and suddenly an angel appears to them with a message that the Messiah has been born and they need to go see him. And then a whole host of angels fill the night sky. And they said in Luke 2:14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now that precious baby resting in the arms of Mary was and is the wonderful counselor the mighty God, the eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. For my remaining time this morning, I want to unpack this name, Prince of Peace, and share with you what it means for us today in a very relevant way. Here's the challenge I wanna lay out before you. Embrace the peace that Jesus offers. You see, you've got that choice today. You can allow yourself to be worried sick. You can allow yourself to be filled with anxiety. You can be filled with fear or you can embrace the peace that Jesus and Jesus alone, the Prince of Peace, can offer to you and give to you. Now, I want you to notice three things about this peace. Number one, Jesus provides spiritual peace. Let me ask you a question. Do you have peace with God? If you were to die today, God forbid that happened. But if you were to die today, are you absolutely for certain that you would go to heaven? Are you certain? Paul described our natural condition as being alienated from God, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, and dead in our trespasses and sins. Not a pretty picture. 
But see, that's true of every human being on this planet outside of Christ. That's every person, regardless of culture, regardless of where they are or what kind of religion they're involved in. Every single person is alienated from God, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds and dead in your trespasses and sins. I hope you see that peace with God is the greatest need you have in your life. There's no greater need. You say, well, pastor, what about my retirement account? My pastor, what about my career? What about my family? Listen, nothing, nothing, nothing can compare to having peace with God. I, I tell you, if you have peace with God, you can sleep well at night, even when things are not going well in your life. Only the Prince of Peace can provide the peace with God you desperately need. You, you can't get it on your own. You don't get it through religion. You don't get it through trying to make sure your good works outweigh your bad works. Only the Prince of Peace can give you peace with God. Now listen to what the Bible says. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. Paul wrote, therefore, having been justified by faith. The word justified means made right with God made right with God, given the righteousness of Christ himself, forgiven of all sin. Therefore, having been justified by faith, listen to this, we have peace with God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And then Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, and then verse 22. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Do you understand that Jesus, the, the Messiah born 2,000 years ago in the manger there in Bethlehem, was fully God and fully man. 100% God, 100% man. And it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offered his body and his blood on the cross of Calvary in order that your penalty for sin might be paid and that you could have forgiveness for all of your sin and you could be made right with God. You could be justified before God. Oh, I beg you, don't turn your back on the risen Christ. Repent of your sins and receive the Lord Jesus as your savior by faith. He and he alone can give you peace with God. So I ask you again, this morning, as you look at your own heart, as you examine your own soul, do you have peace with God? Jesus provides it. You can have it if you put your faith and trust in him as your savior and Lord. So I challenge you, embrace 
the peace that Jesus offers. He provides spiritual peace. Number two, he promotes personal peace. I trust that many of you have already received this peace with God. You're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You're made right with God. Your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and you feel comfortable that your salvation is genuine and I praise God for that. Now I must ask you this. Is your life as a born again believer reflecting the peace of God? Many believers have peace with God but they are not experiencing the peace of God in their daily lives. It shouldn't be that way. If you're a born again believer, the peace of God should flow in and through your life. And as you encounter the the difficulties and the tribulation and the troubles of life, that peace, that supernatural peace that Jesus provides and promotes should be there to steady you during times of trouble. Listen, what we're talking about is that inner sense of wholeness and well-being and confidence that is not contingent upon external circumstances. The Prince of Peace promotes the peace of God so that when you lose your job or, or your spouse dies or you're battling an addiction, or your family is feuding, you can avoid anxiety and fear. Hear the word of the Lord. Don't don't take my word for it. Listen to the word of the Lord, the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, the Bible says, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. John 14, 27, Jesus said to his disciples within hours before he would go to the cross, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Well, I love these verses. Uh, They've meant a lot to me throughout my life. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to say this to you as a born-again believer. There is nowhere in the Bible that teaches that you as a born-again believer will never experience problems that you will never have to deal with heartache and grief and problems and and difficulties in, in your life or in your family. It never promises that. But here's what the Bible does promise. The Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, promises you that you can have the peace of God in those moments of difficulty and that he will keep you steadfast and he will protect you from being overwhelmed by anxiety and by fear during those times. So my challenge to you is lean hard into the Lord every day as a born again believer. Abide in him, trust him completely. The Prince of Peace will give you a steady supply of the peace of God to enable you 
to work through and have victory during those difficult moments in your life. Embrace the peace that Jesus offers. Jesus provides spiritual peace. Jesus promotes personal peace. And Jesus promises universal peace. The Bible promises that in the future, the entire world will experience lasting peace. Now, don't get your hopes up for the UN. I'm telling you, the UN is not going to bring lasting universal peace. Not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up for world leaders and their ability to barter peace treaties and produce peace. Let me tell you, friend, there is not going to be lasting universal peace until the Prince of Peace comes. When he comes, there'll be peace, this universal peace. Like spiritual peace and personal peace, only the Prince of Peace can make this promise become a reality. Isaiah wrote about it. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 5, the Bible says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. See, Isaiah knew that when Messiah came, he would change everything. The whole world would change as a result of him coming. And it would be such a celebration, comparable and this is a horrible comparison, but, but like the winning team in a Super Bowl locker room. The winning team. Have you ever seen those celebrations? Man, it is some kind of celebration. And that's what the picture here, that when Christ comes, the Prince of Peace comes, and this universal peace is a reality, there's going to be a celebration. Verse 4, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian, for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for fire. You know what he's saying here? He's saying there will never again be any need for weapons. There will never be a, a need for soldiers uniforms ever again, ever again. It will be lasting universal peace produced by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace himself. And then Isaiah chapter two, verses two to four, look at it. Now it will come about in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. This is a picture of the millennial reign of Christ. Verse three, and many peoples will come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and he will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples and they will hammer, listen to this, and they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they learn war. 
Romans chapter 16, verse 20, listen to Paul. He said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Oh, I'm looking forward to the day when the Prince of Peace crushes Satan under our feet. And we're living in the the new world, the new earth, the new heavens where there is lasting universal peace. Can you imagine what it will be like to live in a perfect world where there is no hate, where there's perfect justice, where there's no division, no war, no disease, no death, no brokenness. Can you imagine when all of that nasty stuff is eliminated once and for all? It will be beyond wonderful. But I can tell you this, you say, well, pastor, that's a, that's a pipe dream. It's not a pipe dream, it's a prophecy. It's a prophecy that will be fulfilled by the Messiah just as, as surely as he fulfilled the prophecy about his coming, his cross, and his resurrection, and his ascension. The Lord Jesus Christ is the hope for a weary world. Embrace, embrace the peace Jesus offers. He provides spiritual peace. He, prov- he promotes personal peace, and he promises universal peace. So I I end my sermon today with this. Do you have spiritual peace? I asked you earlier, do you have peace with God? Only you can answer that. Nobody can answer that for you. Do you have peace with God? If you don't have peace with God, if you're not absolutely for sure that you'd go to heaven when you die, I want to encourage you, don't turn your back on Jesus this morning. I'm afraid that's what many people in the world are doing today. They're turning their back on Jesus. And they're missing out on this wonderful peace with God that they can have. Listen, dear friend, repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord through faith this morning. I'm not talking about next week. You say, Pastor, it's a special service. It's Christmas Eve. I can't think of a better time to get saved. Can you? You're not guaranteed another Christmas. You're not guaranteed another day, another hour, another minute. This may be your final opportunity. Give your heart to Jesus this morning. Second question, do you have personal peace? You're a born-again believer. You know that you're saved. Yet your heart is all twisted up this morning by worry. You're worried about a child that's going astray. You're worried uh, about uh, losing your job. You're worried about the condition of your marriage. You're worried about... Uh, the, the money running out. You're worried about a host of things. But let, let me ask you a question. Where's that going to get you? Where's it going to get you? You know, worry is a lot like a rocking chair. You move a lot, but you don't get anywhere. Seriously. What do you do with your worry? What do you do with your anxiety? 
What did Paul say in Philippians 4, 6, and 7? You pray about it. You cast your burden upon the Lord, knowing that he will sustain you and he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. So here's what I'm asking you to do as a believer this morning. You're not used to practicing this personal peace that Jesus makes available to you. Well, let's start by practicing this morning. Let's take one thing that you're worried about this morning and bring it to this altar, bow before the Lord, and put that burden upon the Lord and ask him to give you victory over that and to give you peace in that matter. I'll tell you, the more you practice, the better you get at experiencing and living out this personal peace that Jesus makes available to you. Trust him. In John 16, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. Are, are, are you looking forward to universal peace? Are you? I'll tell you, it'd be a great way to recalibrate your perspective. Sometimes we, we forget that the best is yet to come. I, I tell you, if you're a born-again believer... It, Jesus has promised you the gift of eternal life. He's promised you the gift of abundant life. He's promised you that one day you'll be with him in heaven and you will experience glory and, 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 and peace like you've never experienced it before. I encourage you. Do not let the devil steal your hope. Don't let him steal your peace. So this morning, I'm going to ask our staff to come. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. And we're going to respond to God this morning. There's people within the sound of my voice who do not have peace with God. You're at enmity with God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, verse 7, that you're, you're in a, a hostile relationship with God, a hostile position. You see, God is holy and just, and something's got to, got to take place with your sins in order for you to be forgiven and to be embraced by God as one of his children. I'm going to invite you this morning to come to one of our staff members and just say today, by faith, I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And, and then if you're a believer here today, I encourage you. Come to this altar. Bow before the Lord your God. Take, take at least one thing that's really worrying you and causing anxiety in your life and cast that burden upon the Lord and watch him and see what he does with it, how he'll help you have victory over it and bring peace to your heart. And then maybe you need that, that recalibration of your perspective. And you need to come to this altar and you say, Lord, remind me every day that the best is yet to come, that universal peace is coming, that you're going to create new heavens and a new earth, and there's no longer going to be any sin and death and, and, and problems and division and injustice in your world. Oh, man, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? So let me pray, and you respond. You do exactly what the Lord asked you to do this morning. Lord, 
I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you, Lord, that you've made it clear we can't find peace anywhere else or from anyone else. You are the Prince of Peace. You are not a Prince of Peace. You are the Prince of Peace. And I pray, my Lord, that you would work by your spirit in people's hearts today. And I pray those who need a spiritual peace would come and receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. I pray that those who are believers and who are twisted up with worry and, and anxiety and fear, oh God, I pray today they'd come and that they would cast their burden upon you and you would help them to walk in victory and to have peace in that matter. And Lord, for those who are so hopeless, they look at the world and everything looks hopeless. Oh God, remind them that the best is yet to come. You've promised universal peace. Oh God, do a work in our midst today. In Jesus' name, 